what you're living in. It's the life you live in. Um, you know, people have um, warped their mind. And their mind, or I put it this way, their mind has been warped. And some of their thoughts are so off. And you see them all the time. You watch a true crime. You ever see a true crime series on television and they do an interview with the person that committed the crime and you're like, that dude screwed up or that woman or whatever. You're like, where? But what happened was it festered in their mind and it infected them. And then the next thing you know, it spit out garbage. But see, at some point you can stop that and you can stop it at the door. You're powerful. You're very powerful. Very. Why do you think they want? Why do they? Why do you think they bother with you? Why would they bother? Why would you bother? You know, you didn't sit and mess with ants all day. You're going to be doing something with something powerful that can do something. That's you. You're powerful. Very powerful. Way more powerful than you realize. And they know that you don't know how powerful you are. They know it because they look at you and they're like, they have no idea. They're like, I'm going to mess with them. And that's what they do. Steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. That's what that's all. That's just one, one, one thing. That's all they do. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's the that's that's what the enemy does. That's what the devil does. Yeah. And so, and 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 how can they be destroyed? Well, you can be destroyed because you destroyed yourself. <laughs> because you're very powerful, you see. So what do you do now? Shift. Okay. So now instead of using that thought life in this lower realm, I call it the lower realm, in this realm of anxiety, fear, um, you know, people think, you know, sometimes people sit and think about how, how wronged they were. Have you ever met a person that's, they've just sat and they've, they've thought for so long about how wrong they were. You mention the person's name and you're like, oh, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> you know, and you can see something's gone on in the invisible realm because his thought's not invisible. I don't believe in things that are invisible. Well, you have thoughts, they're invisible. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't believe in the invisible realm, but the invisible realm will eventually be seen in the visible realm. And how is it? You see it through a manifestation, through a person. You harbor unforgiveness in your heart over time. Let it go. You can let it go in an instant. And you know how you can let it go in an instant? Not out of your effort. Think about Jesus and think about how easily he forgives us. And now we can easily forgive other people, no matter what they did to us, no matter what they did. I've watched people on death row, you know, who, who did terrible things, and they were forgiven by the people that they did the terrible things to. Some of them weren't. Some of them were like, you, you should die, you no good. You know, you see them, and they're like, yes, finally. But, you know, that doesn't make you feel better. It really doesn't. People think, well, if I, if that person who did me wrong, if I could just, if I could just see their justice was due, but that just, at the end, it kind of leaves a pit in your stomach. Like, well, you know, now both people are losing out, aren't they? Now I lost out and them. I'd rather see restoration, and I know that's not easy to do sometimes because people do some really nasty stuff. But I'd rather see God glorified in something, and be it whatever it is. I'm believing the best for that person. And that's not, that is only possible in God. That is not possible out of your effort because your own self wants to say, justice, I want to repay them. But you know what Jesus said? He said, I'll take it. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't take vengeance out on other people. Vengeance is mine. Do you know what that means? Do you ever think about this? That vengeance, that punishment 
that you want on that person? Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to give it to them. Jesus is going to say, is saying, I'll take it. What you're trying to mete out as punishment on that person, I'll take into myself. It's mine to repay, he said. Remember, he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This is why we shouldn't want those things. <laughs> because he's saying, I'll take it. I'll take the punishment. I'll take that pain you want to inflict on them. You don't have to do it. I'll take care of it. What's that mean? I'll take the pain. I'll take the punishment. He's our substitute. He's our sacrifice. He's the one that took that punishment. That justice that we demanded, he took it in his own body. The sin of the whole world was laid on Jesus on the cross. The sin of the whole world, past, present, future, laid on Jesus. Whenever you're screaming out for justice, whenever you're screaming out for vengeance, whenever you're screaming out for, I didn't get what I was supposed to have, Jesus said, I will take the punishment. I will take the penalty of what you want to deal out to other people. That punishment that you even deserved, I'll take that too. I'll take it all. That's what he did. And then he said, and in exchange, I forgive you. That is supernatural. Only God can do that. That is not how we think, is it? See, this is an above thought. Remember I said, put your thoughts above. That's an above thought. It's a very, it's an expansive one. So like I gave you the dot, but it expands. Okay, so you have the first thought and then a good thought expands. Do bad thoughts expand? They sure do. What if I stub my toe and then this happens and then that happens and then, right? Good thoughts do the same thing. But if you put your thoughts above, okay, and you put your thoughts on him and how much he loves us and how he takes all the p- our punishment, takes all of the, the bad things that we figured we have to give it to God. He already took it. What we do is we participate in the finished work of the cross. We're participants. You know, when you go to a show, did you have to make the show? No, you're a participant in the show. The show was put on by other people. You're a participant in the finished work of the cross. We partake of Jesus. His flesh is our flesh. His blood is our blood. Jesus said, drink my blood, eat my flesh. What does that mean? It's communion. It's communion, spiritual principle. So anytime you're like, ah, I'm just blah, 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 right? I take in Jesus' blood. I take in, I eat of his flesh. Now we take communion, right? We have the body, which is the, which is the bread, and we have the juice or whatever we drink, right? That's an, that is us remembering where you are. You're in him now. You see? So the same blood that cleanses us cleanses the people that did us wrong. So those kind of thoughts, harboring unforgiveness, bitterness. You know, if you leave unforgiveness for a while, it turns into bitterness. Ugh, yuck. It's terrible. You just want to hug people. Just like, let it go. Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you. It's okay. Listen, I've seen a lot of stuff. I'm sure you all have seen a lot of stuff. People do some really dumb stuff. They do. They're learning. Some learning is a little harder than others. We may have seen some tough learning. We have. You know, people think the wrong things. They do the wrong things. They allow the wrong things into their heart. They think the only way I'm going to get ahead is if I step on other people. That head right there, if I step on that head, it'll get me to that part of the ladder. That's how they think. 
And what ends up happening? You're at the top, but you don't have any friends. Very nice. How do you like that? Nobody likes that, right? So there's always something people give up. But we don't have to give anything up. The other thing is this. Don't live in regret. Don't live in regret. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because he makes all things new. He makes all things new, no matter what we've done in our past. Don't have a regret in that way. Some people are like, I don't have a regret. I did what I wanted to. I don't mean that. That's pride. Because <laughs> people do that. They say a lot of things that sound a lot like it's, it's God, but it's actually pride saying that. Don't do that. I don't have any regrets. No regrets. Ugh. I punch him again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But that's pride, okay? So if you had the thought like, maybe I shouldn't have punched him. No regrets. No, he can't go back on it. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you were like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay, repent, metanoia, change your mind about that situation. Okay, that probably was not the best move. I agree. I agree with you, God. That wasn't the best move. Now he makes all things new. You see what happens? What you've done now is by changing your mind about that situation, you've allowed God into it. Mm. Right? Isn't pride stubborn? (laughs) It's stubborn as anything. How would I know? Hello? All of us have had experiences with pride before where we're just like, go ahead, you try, God. I dare you, you know? Or other people come to you and you say, no, I made the right decision. That was the right thing. Even though you're like, maybe that wasn't the right thing. Well, if you change quickly, you can get on track quickly. I mean, if you're driving your car and you start drifting, I mean, when do you want to correct it? When you're, when you're, in, the, when you're in, the, in the forest? <laughs> You want to correct it the second you know that you did it, right? But but no, not pride. I'm going the right way. I'm going the, well, maybe I'll go a little bit. Just change really quick, really quick. You know why you can do that? Because God isn't condemning you. He's not, he's not like after you or anything. It's not like you just failed something. You're just making a quick correction. I wasn't thinking right about this, just a quick correction. But if you're proud, you won't do that. You just won't. You, you, you will sit there and say, no, I'm doing fine. You know, I remember one time when I was a little boy, we were at my grandma's house in Syracuse and everybody's like learning how to dive in the pool and learn how to swim and stuff. And um, there was this little girl there. I don't even remember whose little girl it was. And I was probably like five or six. I don't know how old I was. I wasn't very old. But this little girl was very obnoxious to me. But she was so proud. That's the one thing. Even as a little kid, I knew. I was like, that girl is proud as anything. Like, she was like, I can do this, and I can do that, and blah, 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 blah. And and then I'm like, well, can you swim? Yes, I can swim. Let me show you. And she jumps in the pool and promptly begins to drown. (laughs) And so my aunt... My Aunt Vicky, she, she's looking out the door. She's like, what? And we just got out of church on Sunday. And she runs and she jumps in in her full Sunday outfit and rescues this girl from drowning. I'm like, that girl is not very smart. <laughs> it was a memorable experience. But it was one that I always remembered because I just realized how dumb you can be being proud. I can swim. You can't swim. She was drowning in the pool. I'm like, yay. Yeah, Aunt Vicky, she just jumped. That's Aunt Vicky for you. She just jumped right in the pool full, full. You'll ask my grandma, she'll tell you that story. I, we haven't talked about it in a long time. F- whole Sunday clothes and everything back when everybody just decked out. She just jumped right in and rescued that girl. And I just sat there shaking my head like, this girl is not very smart. 
All she had to say was, no, I don't know how to swim yet. Maybe somebody, could you teach me? Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> now she can learn how to swim. But we don't do that. We want to put on, what's the old-fashioned term? Airs. You know, we want to put on airs. Oh, no, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And you know what? In my opinion, if you're around people and they are always expecting you to blah, 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 just ignore that. You know, I, I do all the time. I was at a party one time, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Jamin. <laughs> like, how did you get here? And I'm like, I was invited, like you. <laughs> it was. I couldn't believe it. And, but that, but you know, sometimes when you get to that spot, you get so self-deluded, and you're like, you know you are just a person like me, right? I mean, it, has no, it matters not how much money you have. You do realize when you die, you don't take any of that money, and neither do I. So why are we judging each other? Why are we judging each other by how much we have or how much we don't have? None of that exists. That only exists. It's kind of like high school. It only exists for those four years you were in high school. And then none of that matters. Who cares who was a jock and who was a cheerleader and who was the brainy person? Nobody cares. Four, four years later, nobody cares. Then they have a reunion and everybody looks about the same. And You know what I'm saying? Or some of them don't look worse than others. You know, and you don't know what's going to happen, right? Well, people do that with the things of the earth. Oh, this is so important. How much money do you make? What's your net worth? You know, some people are into that. Oh, what about fashion? Who has the best fashion in the next one? You know, all of this stuff is meaningless in Christ. It's important to have your needs met. Of course, and Jesus knows about this, right? And he takes care of us. He says, consider the lilies. Okay, I'm getting my scripture now. I quoted it, but I'm going to read it because it's so good. And guys, it, I, I know I sometimes talk about this all the time, but you know what? I believe the word of God is like a diamond. There's always facets to every scripture. And when you look at it one time, and then you look at it another time, and you're always seeing different aspects and different facets. Sometimes people are like, oh, you covered that scripture last year. and he did that. Just let the Lord stir it. You know what I'm saying? We need to be reminded of things. All right, are we ready? So I think I'm going to do King James here. Let me see if I can find it. Six, 16, is it 1611? Yeah. I have so many Bible translations, you guys. Get as many, get as many as you can. I say, I say the more the merrier. <clears throat> so here we go. So we'll do King James to start with. And you guys probably know where I'm going, but I want you to, I want you to look at a couple things because I feel like the Lord wants us to look at this for a minute. Okay. Therefore, okay, Matthew, I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna give you the reference. <laughs> Matthew 6, thank you, Kim. Matthew 6, verse 25. It's up on the screen here. Matthew 6, 25. This is King James, so this is Old English, okay? Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What? Take no thought for your life? I should at least think about my life, right, Jesus? Well, what kind of things? What you shall eat? No. It is Sunday. What are we having for lunch? I don't know. Take no thought. Take no, don't worry about that, right? What you shall drink, you know? Oh, I hope the water is clear, clean here. You know, it's like, what's going on with that? Or for your body, what you shall put on. It's not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. So this is a King James Version, right? So this is kind of what I was saying. We put so much of an emphasis on things that are so temporal and we completely forget the eternal. 
and really the best stuff because I'm all about the best stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like once you get, I guess it's because I'm a little bit older. Once you get older, you're like, there's a lot of options. What's the best one? Okay, now what's the best one I can afford? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Usually it's like, what's the best? Now let's bring that down just a bit. What about the best one I can afford? And then you go with the best, right? People want the best. If you said you can have the best of everything, would you take it? Of course you would. Take this. You're going to have to replace it in here. I don't want that one. I want the one that lasts. You know why you want the one that lasts? Because you're eternal. You want the thing that looks the most like you. Eternal. That's why you want to buy stuff and have things that don't wear out. Because you're eternal and you want your stuff to be eternal too. Well, I will tell you, your stuff is eternal. And it's not just this stuff. You have plenty of stuff and it's very eternal. You have a mansion in heaven. If you ask God to show you your mansion, he will. He will show it to you. I've seen mine. A lot of us have seen our mansions. You have a garden too in heaven. You have a garden in heaven, in the kingdom, in your heart. You can actually see that garden. What? You can. Ask God. I'm just saying that. Just ask God. I know it seems odd to do that, but ask God to show you where your garden is. Show you your mansion, your house in heaven. You have one. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many. He doesn't say shacks. Now, you are a mansion. That's another thing. Because you've got to remember, heaven's dimensional. It's, it's not just, it's a place. Physicality. It's a physical place, but it's dimensional. We, have, we live in a world that vibrates at a certain frequency. Okay? It moves at a certain speed. We have time and space, right? You know, we, we're learning about this in science. We have time and space, and time and space are related. Okay, this is the reason why when you go from this is the reason why when you go into space, I don't know if you ever seen um, what's that one movie we watched, Evan? Um, with Matthew McConaughey, Interstellar. Interstellar. It's really good. It's got quantum physics in it. If you're really into that thing, but it's it's very sciencey, science-ish. So, because uh, they actually had scientists that worked with them when they made it to make it as accurate as possible about what space travel would really be like. But time and space are related. Time on the moon moves differently than time on Earth. Do you know that? Time on the top of uh, Mount Everest is different than time where we are right now. It actually moves at a different speed. So you have time and space. You have beings, we call them angels, but there are beings all around us that we can't see because they are in a different time. They're in the same space, but a different time. But they're here. <laughs> so how can you see things in a different time but the same space? Well, by the Spirit of the Lord. He teaches us and shows us the path to be able to see. There are things you can do to see. There are. So because we have this we're in a temporary place, four years of high school, <laughs> okay? We're in a temporary place, but we're also in an eternal place at the same time. So when Jesus is talking about take no thought for your life, he's not saying it because we're in an eternal place. He actually says it later. He says, because your heavenly father cares about you. That's why he tells you not to take thought. He cares about you. He knows about the temporal stuff too. He knows about that. If he would give you the eternal stuff, how much more the temporal stuff, okay? So, Here's what we can do. I can take a cup of coffee and drink it, but I can't take, you know, this and drink it because you can't drink that. 
<laughs> That's what he's saying. You don't take that. Don't take that and drink that. That's not something you should drink. First of all, you can't drink it. Secondly, you might hurt your teeth or hurt yourself. You know, don't do that kind of stuff. So Jesus is telling us what to do and what not to do with our thoughts. So look at this. So I said before, I said what not to think about. Now, what do you think about? So this, and let me read it in the Passion Translation. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? So now he's reminding everyone about the other dimension that you live in, which is the spirit world. You are in the spirit at the same time as you are in the natural world. You are in both places, for sure. And as God is showing us these things, we can see more of them. Like, for example, earlier, we said, let's think about the love of God. Well, if you did that, you may have started to sense God's love. His love is very powerful. It's like literally one of the most easiest and quickest gateways is the love of God. So once you start to think about God's love, how much he loves us, who he is, and his love that he pours out through us, you do that over and over again, and it becomes very real to you, very alive. You're becoming aware of another place, a place that you may not be able to physically see, but you can sense in your heart, and that's God's love for you, okay? Very real, very powerful, okay? You do this anytime you want. That's a thought you can switch to. How much God loves me. What do you need? You see? Whenever people came to Jesus, what did he say to them? He asked them a question. What do you want? A blind man comes to Jesus. He's blind. And Jesus goes, what do you want? Do you ever want to be like, well, well, he wants to see, doesn't he? Jesus asked you the question. What do you want? And then when you answer him, be it unto you according to your faith. In other words, you came to him and told him, what you want. A lot of times people don't tell God what they want. But you know what happens when you tell him what you want? That's the beginning of relationship. You know what I'm saying? When you're talking to him, yeah, it's about faith. Of course it's about faith. If it, without faith, you can't please God, you know. But you have faith because it's God's faith. But that conversation, what do you want? He's starting it off with, where are you? The guy could have said, hey, you know, my mortgage is due next month. Can you help me with that? But he's blind. <laughs> but he didn't say that. He said he wants to see. You see what's happening here? Jesus has the whole table. <laughs> it's right there. You know, I need healing. Jesus, pass the bread. Jesus said, healing is the children's bread. Pass the bread. I need this, God. Pass this. I need that. Pass this. He's not withholding. But he does ask us the question. Why does he ask us the question? It's relationship. He doesn't just want you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he wants to continue that love. He wants that to be a free flow between you and him. It's a back and forth. You ha you're one with him. You're in him. So when he asks you a question and you answer him, you're establishing that relationship with him. A lot of times we go to the drive-thru, get our food, and we leave. Do we have a relationship with the teller, 
how was her day? Now, if you're really friendly, which probably Evan, Kim, a lot of my family would probably be like, well, how's your day? Where are you from? You know, <laughs> but, but we don't do that a lot of times when we're trying to get our needs met. <clears throat> I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm this, I'm that, you know, we, we're, we're, we're thinking about that next thing we need. We're not thinking about relationship, but Jesus slows the whole thing down. Ooh. What can I do for you? That's what he's asking us. What can I do? The whole thing's open. Did he ever tell anyone no? Nope. He always said yes. And then somebody said, well, the one person was a Samaritan woman, right? And what did she say? He said, I'm here for the Jews right now. I'm not here for the, the Samaritans, for the Gentiles. And she goes, even the dogs get the, the bread from the, get the crumbs from the bread. He's like, you got it. She knew she could see beyond. Jesus wasn't just sent to the Jews. He was sent to the world. She saw it, and she grabbed it, and he gave it to her. That's the only time. You're in the kingdom now. You're a child of God. Everything he has is yours. Everything. Everything. Right? There's nothing that's not yours. You are in the family, people. This is a big family. And it's with God who paves his streets with gold. So you're good there. <laughs> okay. You're good. He's not be like, oh my goodness, I ran out of money. I got too many kids in this house. He doesn't say that. We might say that. He doesn't say that. He's not like, man, how many kids do we have? <laughs> He's like, Jesus, come here. How many kids do we have again? <laughs> oh my goodness, it's 700 trillion. <laughs> He is infinite. He lives in eternity. And guess what? He put eternity in your heart. It says that in the book of Ecclesiastes. There's something going on here that we're just starting to learn about. He gives us little clues, little crumbs, little breadcrumbs, little, little thoughts here and there about where are we really? We're in him and he's in us. What does that mean now? That means that anything we need. So he asks us the question, what do you want? What do you want? And then he gives us the answer. Be it unto you according to how you believed it. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? When God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke. He's just like, I got an idea. Heavens and earth. And then he just said them. And there they were. He spoke them because that's what he wanted. He asked himself, what do I want? Heavens and earth, let's do it. And then, hey, you know what else? I'm going to create man in our own image and likeness. And everyone's like, what? How are you going to do that? He's like, oh, wait till you see. And then he breathed into man. <sighs> Ruach, Hakadesh, the spirit, breathed into man. And then he became a living, speaking spirit. So Jesus says, what do you want? Because the father, what did he want? He wanted a family. Guess what he's got? A family. Jesus said, I'm going to humble myself and become obedient to death because I see the joy set before me, which is a family. We're in a family, a big family that loves us, knows all about us. Even family, that is literally our family, like flesh and blood family, they see us too. And they're like, you can do it. This is awesome. They see it from a totally different perspective than we do. But we can go up higher and we can see it like they do. How do we do that? Put your thoughts above. Start thinking like they think in the cloud of witnesses. 
Start thinking like they think in heaven. Why? Because you can. Jesus translated us. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the king of the son of his love, the Bible says. We're in that kingdom now. It's wonderful. So what are we switching our thoughts to? Where am I? Focusing on him. Focusing on where we are. Do we have to remind ourselves of this all the time? Yep, you do. Why? Because you've been trained in the course of the world for all your life. You've got to untrain yourself and then train yourself in the kingdom realm. So Jesus said in verse 26, Matthew 6, 26, look at all the birds. Aha, there's something we can think about, birds. <laughs> you can think about birds. Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? I can tell you they do not. <clears throat> I watch them all the time. You know, there's a lot of good bird watching down here. Did you know the National Audubon Society has a pretty big presence down here? You guys probably know that. What was it? Dorothy, she was part of the Audubon Society. This is a good place to consider birds. Southwest Florida. <clears throat> if you're not in Southwest Florida, I'm sure you have birds where you live. <clears throat> look at all the birds and consider this about them. Not just look at them. I mean, they, are, they have some very nice birds. They have some nasty birds, but they have some nice birds too. But what is it we're considering about them? Do they worry about their existence? They do not. Some of them bark at you, but they're not worried. Well, they bark like, caw at you. Caw, caw, caw. And I'm like, what? <clears throat> oh, man, the other day, I'm sitting here, and like this gigantic hawk <laughs> comes flying around, and he's got like a little, it's like a little chipmunk or something, and he's like, look at me. Like, he was like showing me what he got. It was so funny, and he just went flying over there. But that's the way they are, you know? Every, every animal, God takes care of them, right? They don't plant. They don't reap. They don't store up food. Yet, your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Now look at this in the side of grace. They didn't do anything to deserve it. They didn't do anything to deserve food. There isn't God up there with a checkbox determining which birds deserve to eat today. Consider the birds. Consider the love of God. Should we do good things? Of course we should, because we're righteous because we're holy, because of where God has brought us, not because we're trying to earn something from God. He already loves us. Let's just be like him then. Let's just be just like God in his love. We're made in his image and his likeness. Why not act like him? Like, I don't feel like acting like him. You don't have to feel like acting like him. Do you feel like you? You may not feel like you, but you're still you. You may not feel righteous, but you are, because God calls you righteous. Just be who God calls you to be. He calls you righteous. So be, be righteous then. People say I'm a goody two-shoes. Well, who cares what they think? They don't call you. They didn't make you. God did. You be yourself. You know? Say, that's not right. I don't like that. Good. Do that. Speak righteously. Speak just. Speak the truth. Don't back down on it. You know? It, you get pressure. The world gives you pressure. They give you pressure. Oh, teenagers have pressure. Adults have pressure all the time. They get pressure in business, pressure in, in social circumstances and things like that. Oh, let's do this and that. Hey, 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 hey. I don't do that right? Oh, well, you're not invited to the party next time, are you? Well, so be it. You know, you're not doing it in a mean way. You just say, no, no, that's okay. Thank you. You know, I don't, that's, that's all right. You don't have to sit there and preach him a sermon, right? <laughs> it's just something you're not interested in, you know? I was never really interested in the world. It wasn't that exciting to me. I was just always like, yeah, whatever. You know, that's, that's just sounds like a total, that sounds like a total disaster. You know, but I had friends that were interested in the world, and they went off into the world. And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. And they all came back later. 
I told him, I said, it's not that great. <clears throat> it's just not. You've already tasted of the kingdom. You already tasted. Once you taste that kingdom, you can try tasting other things, which you're like, ah, it doesn't taste as good. It just doesn't. But I, you know, thankfully I hadn't been that interested in the world. You know, it was always like, eh, this seems like a pain in the butt. But then later I was like, oh, it's just all, it's all fake. <laughs> the whole thing's fake. I'm like, okay, I guess I really didn't miss anything. Okay, so look at the birds, right? That's not fake. Your heavenly father provides them with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your father than they? I would say we are more valuable than the birds. I would say we are. He loves the birds, though. We know that. He loves what he made. He said it is good. Didn't he say that in Genesis? This is good. Then he made us. He's like, this is very good. <laughs> right? Because he really likes us. He loves us. He thinks about us. He really does. He really has thoughts towards us. There's this idea that God's up in heaven somewhere doing his own thing. He left, he left the earth. He like he made the earth. He broke it. And he's like, ah, forget it. And then he went somewhere. That's a lot of people believe that. They're like, he made it. He messed it up. And he's like, I'll make another one later. And then here we are just slowly disintegrating until we fly into the sun or something crazy like that. That is not what he did. He is everywhere. He literally holds the whole thing together. People think that God made the universe and he put it over here and he's like, ooh, look at that, right? But he didn't. He put it in him. The whole thing is in God. The whole universe is in him. <laughs> you can't go away from him because you're in him. He holds it together with his word. The whole thing is held together by God. That's definitely not leaving something. He didn't make a diorama, spin them all up and go, let's see what happens. He put it in him. His love sustains it. His, his, his power, the power of God, makes your heart beat. You know how powerful your physical body is? Like, I have to charge this thing every day. You know how often you have to charge yourself? You don't. You eat food. It's perfect quantum physics you operate in a quantum realm a lot of creation operates in a quantum realm the plants are quantum <laughs> the animals are quantum they're learning a lot about this it's not physical it's spiritual you're held together from another world you're given substance and strength from another place that's not here it's there but god has opened this up to us through christ so we can see his love because it wasn't about trying to figure things out. It was about revealing his great love for us and relationship with him that he didn't just want to do stuff for us. He wanted us to know him and him to know us in intimacy and in union and in fellowship and in relationship. So it's not just about the thinking and not worrying. It's about the love because that's what he's saying. Aren't you much more valuable? You say that about things that you love. So which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life? You can't add anything. Why bother? It's kind of a bad investment. <laughs> worry is a bad investment. You spend a lot of time on worry, you can say, I'm not getting a good return on this investment. Correct, because you didn't get anything for it. And why would you worry about clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers in the field. They don't work or toil. And yet even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of those. Yet not even Solomon. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide you 
for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such little faith. And we only need a little faith. We just need a mustard seed, right? Jesus said, if you have a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Oh, it's a little bit. That's easy. It's like, well, I only have a little faith. That's all it takes. Very good. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> so you have what you need. You say, all things are yours. What can we think about? How good God is. How he takes care of things that we see around us every day. Right? Clothing, the grass, the, the, the birds, all these different animals. I see all these rabbits. What are they eating? I don't know. I guess they're eating grass and probably eating stuff in my front lawn. I don't know. why, But they're eating something because there's a whole bunch of them. And they're everywhere. <laughs> you always see these rabbits. Right? Where do they come from? How are they being fed? I'm not feeding them. God is. He is, though. Oh, they're eating grass. That's not God. Well, who made the grass? <laughs> come on. This is what he's saying. Higher thoughts. Higher thoughts. Consider. Consider. Don't consider. 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 Don't consider. You see where we're headed with this? So now we're taking our thoughts above. This is kind of going along with what I said last week, I think. We're taking our thoughts above. Above thoughts. Thoughts on him. You've been seated with Christ. And so since you've been brought into heavenly places and are seated with him, Put your thoughts there where there is provision, peace, healing. He heals. Healing is so common that Jesus called it the children's bread. When you go and have a big meal, and they, when do they give you the bread? They give you the bread before they give you the food, right? You want some bread? Okay, sure. It's common. Healing is the children's bread. Who's a child of God? Who gets to eat the bread? So someone was saying one time, you need healing. Just ask someone to pass the bread. Pass the bread. I'm going to eat some bread today. How does it happen? God does it. Maybe you take a medication that helps you with it. Maybe. Maybe. Well, where would the medication come from? It came from God. <laughs> some medication is dangerous, so you do want to re research that. But medication and the idea that we're helping people, that's all God. That's not not God. Of course it's God. You know, all these healthy things that we're learning about, that's God. Now, what about divine healing? Divine. From above, right? Instantaneous. Prayer. Laid on the sick. Hands laid on the sick. The Bible says they will recover. How? Because there's healing virtue. Jesus had healing virtue come out of his body and go into other people. Like, literally, he could, he could feel it. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Where you can feel healing power in your hands? Yeah, you can get that. So, sometimes when you're like just with it. Sometimes when you have healing power in your hands, you're like, oh, I feel, maybe just lay hands on yourself. It's inside of you. You have healing in you. You can heal. Jesus said, physician, heal thyself, right? Heal. Where's the healing coming from? You. Your body has everything in it to heal itself. Everything that you need is in him. But it's a process that we're going through to remember these things. Remembering what? Who we are in Christ. Don't worry, Jesus said. You know, like the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You have an option. <laughs> you, have, you have another thing you can do. Instead of worrying, you can be happy. How do you be happy? Well, I'm going to put my thoughts above. God's taking care of me. Are you oblivious? You're not oblivious. You're oblivious. <laughs> You're conscious of the right thing. You're conscious of the right thing instead of being conscious of the wrong thing. Because people think, well, if I'm not worrying about it, it means I don't care. No, you do care. But now you've taken that care and you've given it to him. 
And now you say, I care, but I don't care as much as God does. He cares about it even more than me. That's a pretty big revelation, isn't it? You think, well, I care more than everybody because it's me. Not as much as God. God actually cares about it more than you. <clears throat> hmm, that's something to think about, huh? So if God thinks about it more than me, and I'm thinking about it quite a bit, he must really think about me. <laughs> that's a good way to psych it out, isn't it? But he's not worried about it. He has a plan. So let's get in. I'm in him. He's in me. He lives in me. He's strong in me. Because he's strong in me, I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't be strong in your own ideas. Be strong in him. Leave pride aside. Guys, pride is a resistor. This is pride. <laughs> Thank you. I've got everything. Thank you. Nope, I'm good. That's pride. Right? It is. It is. I've done it. Listen, everybody feels that way. Well, I don't know if I can. But you know what You know what God does with me sometimes? He's like, he's like, here, here's a gift from them. And you're like, from them? Yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I receive it. Gives it to children. Simple, low, humble. And here comes your gift. And you're like, is that the gift? And he's like, okay, I got to stoop down to take it. That's called humble. We want to be. Look what I did. Look who I am. Everything we have has been given to us, guys. Everything you have. If you are a billionaire, it's because God gave it to you. And it's not because you were smart. I've talked to some people who have a lot of money, and they're not very smart. And I'm just like, and I, for a while I was like, wow. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. God reigns his, God reigns his goodness on the just and the unjust. He, you don't have to qualify for it. He does it because he loves everybody. It's what we do with it, you know. Our ideas of status do not exist in heaven. They just don't. Jesus said what you consider the greatest is the least in heaven. Because what we consider the greatest is proud. <clears throat> That's the one that receives the least. <laughs> they think they have it, but they don't. Everything we've been given, we've been given by God. The birds know it. They know it. They do. They know about God. That's why they don't run around all worried, because they know. The fish, the turtles, the grass, it knows. Say, well, they don't think. They do think. They know. I watch things, and they grow. And they shouldn't grow, but they grow. Why is that? Because they know where it comes from. It comes from God. He made it like this. Yes, it's science. God made science. It's okay. You can, you can let him, you can let him, you can let yourself know that it was God who made the science. Because it could have been something else. Who made those rules? God did. They, we call it science. But God made the science. God made the math. Why do we have math? God made math. Oh man, there's math everywhere. Oh, my goodness. There is so much math. It's phenomenal how much math there is. It actually will blow people's mind when they realize how mathematical everything is. And then, and then when you study it long enough, you're like, somebody had to have made this. There's no way that this could have been like this without somebody making it like that. And, you know, people who are really smart in science, they all believe in God. They do because once you study it, there's no way you can deny it. 
even if you were like, I don't want to believe in God because that means I got to blah, 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 blah. Well, it doesn't matter what you think. Because you're going to look at it and you're going to go, somebody made that. There's no way that that just happened. Somebody made that. It's very simple. You know, we'd like to live in our own little fantasies. And I'm tr- I, I understand that. People are afraid. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden. They're afraid. They're afraid of God. They're running away. So they come up with a little fantasy they live in. They make little, little clothes for themselves out of fig leaves. And it's not working very good for them. It's just not working good. And God's like, look, I got something to clothe you with. Come on out of Come out of behind the, the bush. Come on back. Right? That's all he's telling you. Just come on back. I, I got something for you. You don't have to wear them fig leaves. <clears throat> Isn't that what people do? They make little fig leaves from themselves. And they think that they're, they're doing good. We're doing good. It's okay. Please don't look at us. They're scared. But God's like, man, I love you. I love you. Come. I have, I have a whole thing set up for you. Just come back. That's his invitation to the world. All right. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We just focus on Jesus in us right now. He's lovely. He's lovely. We just focus on the loveliness of Jesus today. We just sink deep into the love of God. Hallelujah. We focus on the breath. He gives us our breath. Yod he vahe, Yahweh, the breath, the Ruach HaKadosh, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for giving us all good things to enjoy. Freely giving, not withholding. Thank you that we can let all of our ideas away, all those wrong thoughts that we had that had nothing to do with you. Let them all go. You clothe the grass. You take care of the birds. You take care of all of your creation. We are precious in your sight. We thank you for providing for us, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.